from the Cyber Hub Bunker and Studio. You're tuning in to the Cyber Hub Podcast. And now for your host and CISO, James Azar. Well, good morning, security gang, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Cyber Hub Podcast, Tuesday, September 19th, 2023. We've got a great show for all of y'all today, really focusing on business impact of cyber incidents because we've really talked a lot about over the last week about MGM and MGM's really been a great use case, but we've got more of those. And so we're going to get into that today on this very program. So thank y'all for tuning in. We're live on your favorite social media platform and favorite podcast listening platform broadcasting live right now on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitch, Rumble, and Twitter. Now X, you can catch us there and anywhere else you find your podcast including apple spotify google and many others this show is packed so for all of y'all join me for a tradition of the show if you're a first time listener our coffee cup cheers my double espresso join me coffee cup cheers y'all with that being said let's go ahead and start off with our first story of the day which is the vulnerability within specific devices in the Juniper family to an unauthenticated RCE flaw. Now, overall, there's two, I repeat here, two active exploits that have been released for this specific CVE. And there's a very variety of these, CVE 2023, 36844 and 36845, as well as 36846 and 36847. The um, have a medium severity. These were all disclosed in August to no attention. In fact, we on the show didn't even cover them um, because we didn't deem them to be that serious. However, when chained together, these vulnerabilities do do issue and start a critical remote code execution flaw that has a rating of 9.8. There's been two technical reports around this, one from Vonecheck, another one from Watchtower Labs, uh, both showing how uh, these become very, very easy to take advantage of, and these have significant impact. Now, the good news around this is this only impacts a specific portion of Juniper devices, so not every Juniper device is is uh, uh, culpable or, or vulnerable to this one. However, the CVEs have all been uh, addressed with a update, and now Juniper has found it critical to let everyone know please make sure you get these updates according to the phone check network scan there's around 14,951 of these that are now vulnerable to this specific uh, rce flaw so if you are a juniper shop and you've got any of these devices on your network and you've kind of put this on the back burner in one of those 90 days to patch type of deal because you looked at the august report it's time to upgrade that and get those patched immediately again to active POCs for these last month we talked about Clorox going through a cyber incident that led to some of their production being halted well now a month later in a regulatory filing with the SEC the company says that the attack damaged portions of the company's IT infrastructure which caused wide-scale disruption to their operation the company said it implemented a business continuity plan, began manual ordering and processing procedures shortly after the incident. The company is operating at a lower rate of order processing and has recently begun to experience an elevated level of consumer product availability issue, meaning 
the shelves and the orders are coming in. There's demand, but there's not enough product. Clorox is still in the midst of evaluating the financial and business impact of this order processing delays and elevated level of product outages. The company now believes this will have a material impact on their Q1 financial results as they're notifying all of their investors. So the incident occurred around mid-August, so nearly a month ago. Clorox is now starting to come to terms with the idea of this, and this goes to shutting down all of our IT networks. During a cyber incident, the business continuity plan of just unplug everything and then slowly plug it back in, revert to kind of previous processes, but then over-relying on technology. And if you think Clorox is bad, I'm looking forward to seeing what the MGM and Caesar Palace results are going to look like once those come out with the impact of the breach that happened over the last two weeks. These are great talking points for many practitioners. When you're trying to win over people in the business, when you're trying to explain the significance of security to the business, these types of articles, these types of links, these types of use cases, test cases, really do give credence to the need for partnerships in order to enhance security within an organization, in order to get a little bit more money, in order to avoid these types of situations within your own business. And if you're in manufacturing and you're in production, obviously this really does resonate with many of you because we all know and we all are very well aware if you're a security practitioner to the vulnerabilities that exist within your own environment. And when they do, and when something like this happens, when the domino comes knocking, when the domino effect happens and and, and kind of all your systems go offline, that recovery is not easy and it's not cheap and it has impact across the entire business and that's what we're seeing here from the clorox uh, uh, disclosure to the sec so we'll see if this would be something significant again companies rarely acknowledge their financial impact but marine manufacturing firm brunswick corp said their ransomware attack would cost as much as 85 million dollars canadian booksellers expected to lose more than 50 million following a ransomware attack that limited their operations for weeks. Applied Materials said that it would cost $250 million as on, on behests of their uh, ransomware attack as well. So, and, and $106 million uh, following a ransomware attack on Scripps Health, that's the cost. These numbers are insane, and we should be using these numbers to talk to our executives, to talk to CFO, to get this message across. That's so important, and that's really the main story we want to take away from this morning's show. As we move on, this has been kind of making its rounds across social media. The Azure Data Leak exposes the dangers of file sharing links. 38 terabytes worth of private data, including passwords, team messages, and backups of two Microsoft AI research employee workstations have all been leaked online. This is according to several companies who are now talking about this incident however the link was misconfigured it did allow access to the entire private storage instance making sensitive files and data public and this kind of talks about the idea of misusing sas links um, according to several security experts over the past five years the storage services offered by major cloud providers have become a significant target for both researchers and attackers We're seeing more and more of that. So shared access in secret, the SAS feature of Azure allows users to grant specific access 
to specific files and resources in their storage account. The user has fine-grained control over the resource that may be accessed, the permission the link allows, and how long the token is valid. There are two, three different types of these, and here one of these was misused, which allowed all of this data to leak. And so there's a lesson to be learned there about allowing people to share information through links. Um, and obviously, um, the history this this month teaches us all about that. Trend Micro for Theron released a zero-day flaw fix uh, CVE 2023-41179er. It's impacting Apex One, Apex One SaaS, and worry-free business security products. Vulnerabilities related to the product's ability to uninstall third-party security software, which can be exploited for arbitrary code execution. That's now been fixed, so you want to make sure you get your uh, Trend Micro products patched. The new spray socks Linux malware is being used in cyber espionage attacks. This is being attributed to a Chinese uh, espionage-focused uh, group tracked as Earth Lusa. Was observed targeting government agencies in multiple countries using a new Linux backdoor dubbed Spray Socks. Uh, Trend Micro's analysis of the novel backdoor showed it originates from the uh, Tricolis open-source Windows malware, with many of its functions ported to work on the Linux system. However, it, it appears to be a mixture of multiple malwares as the SprayFox uh, C2 server communication protocol is similar to Red Leaves. So this is now targeting foreign affairs, technology, and telecom in Southeast Asia, Central Asia, the Balkans, and worldwide. So this isn't just limited, really. The headline's a bit misleading. Trend Micros itself is seeing exploitation attempts of several end-days unauthenticated remote code flaws dated back to 2019 and 2020 with several CVEs that you see here on the screen. And for those who can't and are listening after the fact, links are in the show notes. Go check these out. These flaws are exploited to drop the Cobalt Strike beacons, which allow remote access to the breach network. The access is then used laterally on the network while exfiltrating files, stealing accounts, credentials, and deploying additional payloads like ShadowPad. So there's that there. It has... A lot of different capabilities, including collecting system information collection, starting an interactive shell that uses the PTY subsystem, listing network connections, managing SOX proxy configurations, and performing basic file operations. So this malware by the Chinese continues to wreak havoc. But that's not the only thing we're seeing out of China, where a payment card skimming campaign is now targeting websites in North America, this also belonging to a Chinese player. Um, who's been targeting since at least May of 2023, uh, exploiting vulnerabilities in web applications, including one vulnerability that China's Hafnium Group has used in cyber espionage campaign to gain access to site belongings to organizations across multiple industry sectors. The primary goal is to gain access to the payment pages and drop malware for stealing card numbers belonging to people making online purchases. China, by the way, for those who don't know, if you're not in the financial industry, but you're just interested in cyber as a whole, China's the number one producer of uh, fake cards. Uh, they sell these machines to anyone without vetting them. And these people steal cards. They then reprint them. And that's how you see the kind of reprinted cards, uh, card present type of fraud that many retailers uh, um, have a hard time defending against. So um, these specific things all originate from China um, and China for itself now has moved into this financial side. And there's a reason China's doing that, by the way. Um, China does that because their economy is in shambles and they've got to keep the, the people that some of the criminal gangs that operate within China 
finance. And that's one way to do it is to allow them to do these types of attacks beyond the stuff they do for the Chinese Communist Party. And for itself, Pakistan's APT-36 is infecting Android devices using a YouTube app clone. This is deploying the remote access Trojan Capra RAT. Once the malware is installed, it can harvest data, record audio and video, or access sensitive communication information, essentially operating no different than a Pegasus or a spyware tool. This latest campaign was spotted by Sentinel Lab. It's warning people and organizations linked to military or diplomacy in India and Pakistan to be very wary of YouTube Android apps hosted on third-party sites. These APKs are distributed outside of Google Play's Androids officially, so victims are most likely engineered to download and install them potentially through ads on their mobile devices or anywhere else. Once it's up and running, it's performed. It's recording with the microphone front and rear cameras, collecting SMS and multimedia messages, call logs, sending messages and blocking some as well, initiating phone calls, taking screen captures, overriding system settings like GPS and network, and modifying files. This one is attributed more to spying. That's it for our show this morning. We'll be back with a whole lot more tomorrow as we dive dive deeper into what's happening in the world of cyber. But again, this business impact is significant. So please make sure to subscribe. Please make sure to follow us on your favorite podcast listening platform. And the best way to help us is to go check out our Substack, jamesazer.substack.com and share this uh, to your colleagues who you think could benefit from the show. Thank you all. Till tomorrow, stay cyber safe. We love feedback, so make sure to connect with us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform.